Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, May 27th, for many of the children out there, the last day of school. Lots and, of cheers going on. Yeah, yeah, lots of uh, lots of tears going on, but that's, those are the parents. Cheers, not tears. Oh, not. I thought you were talking about the parents there, Ben. All right, well, let's pray this morning. Um, we are going to pray our morning offering and also our memorari this morning as we've been doing this entire month of May. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy clemency hear and answer us. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God, our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I, uh, I realize that saying all right is probably not the best way to end a prayer, but sometimes you have to, you know, you, you just say things and you say, all right, God, I gave that to you, and that's how it's going to be. Ben Grijalva's with us in the studio this Good morning. morning. How are you, sir? Doing well. Got my coffee. You got your coffee? That's all that matters. That's good. I'm I Michael. mean, uh... <laughs> no, no. You got up today. Praise God. Yeah, I did get up today, and I was excited to be here, so... Yeah. yeah. Also with his coffee this morning, a long time since he's been in the studio with us, Tim Lucchese. How are you, sir? I'm, I, I think I'm good. I think I left my brain at home, but I did bring the coffee, so that's a, an acceptable substitute. If, if you have to leave one and bring the other, I think you made the right there choice. There we go. Yes. And then... Uh, <laughs> Dan Vonderhaar, your hair's getting a little long there. Are you going yeah, into the hippie I'm, phase I'm, I'm here? I'm it out and trying something new. Yeah, yeah, get, getting ready for the beach? That's right, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping it'll bleach out a little bit. You know? All right. Back to my childhood. But, <laughs> man, it's good to be back. I feel like I haven't been here in a while. I so. know. it's You know, we, we May has been an odd month. We had... Not an odd month. It's just been a, a different month. We had the Mother's Day Roadmap Roundup, which was lovely. So you, you all weren't here because you're all dads. You're not yeah. mothers. Um, and then we had a Roadmap Roundup the next week with different panelists. And then I was in Birmingham, Alabama last week. So I hope I remember how to do one of these things, a Roadmap Roundup here. Well, I think we're, we, we will remember how to do it, friends. Um, listeners, we got a lot for you today. We had yesterday, depending on where you were, the feast of one of my favorite saints, the memorial of St. Philip Neri. We're going to be talking about him later. Earlier in this week, we also celebrate, oh man, there were so many things we celebrated this week. I'm, I'm kind of losing track of them, but we're getting ready. We're getting ready for our celebration of the ascension of our Lord, which has uh, transferred the, the so it still is Ascension Thursday. We just transfer our celebration to Sunday. It's kind of like, I, I liken this to when your birthday is on Tuesday, and who wants to go out on Tuesday night, right? Have your birthday party on the next Saturday. Yeah. Well, like, if you're my mom, it's her birthday all week. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I think we should celebrate this weekend, whether that's your kids jumping on the trampoline to see how high they can ascend. Um <laughs> Although, be careful, we don't want any trampoline injuries. But but celebrate. It's a big day. It's, we're almost through with the Easter season. It's 40 days now after Easter. 
And uh, there, there's a lot to celebrate there. So we're going to be talking about St. Philip Neri. Memorial Day is also coming up. We're going to be talking about Memorial Day today. We're going to be talking about uh, one of my other favorites. He's not a saint yet, but God willing, he will be canonized a saint. I firmly trust that he's in heaven, but I don't know for sure. But it wouldn't, wouldn't his canonization be wonderful? To find out who that is, you're going to have to stay tuned. Before we jump into our roundup this morning, though, let's go to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Augustine, Archbishop of Canterbury. Born in Italy in the 6th century, his legacy would derive not from what he did in Rome, but England. Near the start of the 7th century, Pope Gregory the Great sent Augustine and about 40 other monks on a mission to convert the Anglo-Saxons in England. When they arrived at the English Channel, they lost heart. There had been too many stories about how difficult the channel was to cross and how brutal their reception would be if and when they arrived in England. But when they returned to Rome, Pope Gregory calmed their fears, encouraged them and prayed for them, and then sent them back. On their second attempt, they succeeded and were welcomed by King Ethelbert, who was a pagan but married to a Christian named Bertha. Just one year after they arrived, King Ethelbert was baptized by Augustine on Pentecost Sunday. Augustine went to France to be installed officially as the first Archbishop of Canterbury and returned to England to grow the faith. He constructed a monastery and built a church, later replaced in 1070 by the current cathedral, and his evangelization efforts succeeded, but not without trials and considerable effort. Still, Augustine never relented, and eventually Rochester and London were established as dioceses. One thing he could not do during his lifetime was reunite the original British Christians with those he was leading. In the years before Augustine arrived from Rome, they had been attacked and persecuted by the Anglo-Saxons and driven into Western England. Though he tried many times, Augustine could not get them to join the official church, but neither did he condemn them. And eight years after his death in 604, they did come into the church, finishing Augustine's conversion of England. St. Augustine of Canterbury, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, much to uh, my chagrin, it is still the month of May. It is not the month of June yet, but we're, we're getting close. I, I want to hang on to every last bit of May as possible because I love the Blessed Mother. And I'm, if I'm honest, every month is going to be her month. But Ben Grijalva, you're with us today. I want to talk about one of my other favorites besides the Blessed Mother, St. Philip Neri, whose feast day was yesterday. And... Uh, you know, there are so many great stories we could tell about St. Philip. He's the Apostle of Joy. He's the Apostle of Rome. Um, he Second started out, Apostle of Rome, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. He started yeah. out as a wealthy man who, who left the wealth of his family to go preach on the street corners in Rome. So, I mean, talk about a guy that knew evangelization. And among his many quips, uh, one prayer that it is said he prayed every morning uh, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I've seen it a few different ways, and everyone agrees he prayed some variation of this. Watch me, O Lord, this day, for abandoned to myself, I shall surely betray thee. Watch me, O Lord, this day, for abandoned to myself, I shall surely betray thee. Or as someone else uh, quoted him, 
Lord, watch out for Philip today, lest he betray you. You know, <laughs> and I, I it, you know, it's one thing to struggle with sin, but it's a whole other thing, Ben, to be able to begin your day admitting that you know what, God, if if you're not part of my day, I'm going to fail. And I'm going to sin if I'm left to my own devices. And that's a really humbling thought. But my question is, um, how do you keep track of those areas in life where you know, if I didn't have God and his grace today, wow, I'm going to be in trouble? Yeah, the, the, the phrase that comes to mind is know thyself, right? So uh, how do you do that? Well, gee whiz, you know, I'm just, just getting to figure out who I'm not, but... I think that uh, what's really important is to uh, stay close to Christ and be willing to let him show you all of the beauty that you have, all of the wonderful things that you are as a person. But then through the sacraments and through other people that are around you, let you know what your weaknesses are. And if they happen to be ones that, that lead you to sin, well, that's that's the most important part right there is is understanding that but more importantly is having that humility to and i always keep going back to this to take advantage of the most underrated sacrament that we have in the church and that's reconciliation having a good confessor someone that's a spiritual guy that's just not going to say hey well okay here's what we need to do to try to fix this thing that you've got going on that helps me more than anything else Stay grounded and remember that for all the good stuff that I think I do, I still got those parts of me that I got to work on and that the ultimate goal isn't just to be a good person here on earth, but to get to heaven. That's the short answer, right? Isn't it amazing that, uh, you know, we, we have that great sacrament of reconciliation and I used to get really discouraged by this, that it seems like every time I go, it's like, Father, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Here's pretty much the exact same list oh, yeah. I confessed yeah. oh, three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it it, it goes it goes on and on, and um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this. I'm going to butcher it terribly, but I was I was in confession once, basically saying the same thing. It's like, Father, I keep coming back for the same stuff, and I want to get to heaven, but he, this is who I am. You know, he says, well, uh, I think he said as as uh, Pope Benedict. Um, was probably ratching her at the time and said, you know, oh, so you're tired of your sins, right? You want to get rid of them. What do you want? New ones? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. Yeah. Exactly. you want a new set because you're on this planet and until you get to heaven, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's my cross, right? That's what I carry every day. You know, Ben pulling in, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the sacrament of reconciliation, but the, when we're struggling with this stuff, we're not meant to go through it alone. Right? Amen. It, it's why we have friends. It's why we have a Christian community. It, it's why religion means community. And uh, you know, if if you're if you are struggling with something, and you're trying to do it by yourself, you're gonna fail. When you bring in the Lord, you have hope. When you bring in your friends and your family and those that love you, you get momentum. You get progress. So, you know, if that's, I, I don't know anyone who isn't struggling with something, you know? Um, so pull in your friends, pull in your family. I, you know, Adam and I, we talk about a board of directors, right? Pull in your board of directors. Who's your board of directors in life? They want to help you. That is why they love you. So, so don't be afraid. Yeah. Phillip's on the board, by the way. And here's another thing he said that, uh, 
I think ties in closely with this. Uh, he says, in the war of the senses, cowards conquer. In the war of the senses, cowards conquer. And I, I was thinking about what does that mean, right? And, I, and then I talked with a priest friend of mine who is very well versed in St. Philip, and he said this. He, he's talking about concupiscence, which there's your scrabble word today, listeners, um, concupiscence. It's a, it's a great word and a terrible word all at the same time yeah. because I hate concupiscence. I hate that it's part of my life. But what Philip's getting at is if you struggle with custody of the eyes in that battle when you see, oh, I'm going to have trouble keeping custody of my eyes in this situation, flee. Mm-hmm. Cowards conquer. That's what he's talking about. Get out of those situations. And that's that's a really important thing for us, especially to know our limits, because as Philip said, lest I betray you today, God. Well, and I got to tell you, every night for, gosh, it's been years now, my wife and I do this thing where we call it 10 things. We each say five things from that day that we're thankful for. And it's, it's a way of, of repositioning, okay, what in the day was good, what, uh, where were our blessings, and it puts us in this place of humility. And once we do that, it's a lot easier to look back on the day and go, oh, here's where I didn't invite God into my day, or here's where I did invite God into my day. Here's where I completely just said, no, nope, God, I got this, and realized later I am wrong. And, and it sets us up for success going into the next day, having identified you know, yeah, we did fail. And it's, it's, it's just really nice because once you see the success, it's just your know, failures are just in such stark contrast and they're easier to identify. They're easier to then just grasp and say, I'm going to avoid these things the next day. You know? Yeah. You know, you're, as you're saying that, it makes me think of, of cooking because I love to cook. And every now and then I play around with a recipe and there will be things I'll say, wow, that was a great addition to the recipe. And other times I'll put something in or I'll put too much of something in. And I'm like, wow, I should never do that again because <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes my spiritual life is like that, that I, I'm saying to myself, okay, that was really effective. That was really good. I should do that again. And other times I'm like, you know, I'll be fine in this situation. I'm like, no, I should never put myself in that situation again. Well, we've got some more topics to share with you today. When we come back from this break, we are going to be talking about Memorial Day and some of the things that that calls us to. Uh, We were really privileged to have Bishop Joseph Coffey share some thoughts on that earlier this week, but Dan and I are going to talk about it as well when we come back from this break. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's our Roadmap Roundup Friday. Don't go anywhere. You know, this is probably good pump-up music for all the kids on the, the commute with their parents right now to the last day of school. Some kids are already out, and some kids still have to go next week, and that is heartbreaking for them, uh, not for their parents. You know, as, as Ben said earlier, there were a lot of cheers, but also I think there were a lot of tears. You know, the, the parents are crying the tears, so great, they're going to be home all summer. What do we do? We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, friends, so don't go anywhere because we're going to share some ideas with you for what we can do this summer. But in the meantime, Dan Vonderhaar, uh, Monday is Memorial Day, and 
you know, I, I used to work right by Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery when I was at St. Bernadette's. You grew up yep. by Jefferson Barracks National yep. Cemetery. And I'm always humbled every time I would drive by the cemetery, not just on Memorial Day, but especially Memorial Day weekend. I, I, I was always humbled, and I still am, to think of the servicemen and women who have laid down their lives for our nation. And we, we read in John 15, verses 13 and 14, um, that Jesus says, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, that's that's a little bit different from military service, but here we have these men and women who have so selflessly said, I'm going to go where I'm ordered um, to stand up for what is right and good. They don't get to pick and choose. Well, I'm not going on that mission, but I'll go on this one. They They go, and they know that each one could be their last. I think back to when 9-11 happened. Um, I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. I seriously considered dropping out of college to enlist in the Navy um, because my grandfather was in the Navy. But at the end of the day, I didn't have what it takes, that courage to say, I'm willing to go out there and put myself on the line. And I'm a little ashamed to admit that. But um, the Catholic life, though, Dan, you know, different than the military service, is that. It's the every day giving our lives in service, not of our nation, and, and maybe in service of our nation, but more importantly, in service of someone with a capital S, someone greater than us. And it's not a hard thing. We we kind of make it out to be like, oh, I need those big moments in life. Look at me and, and how I laid my life down here. But really, every day, Dan, mm. we've got opportunities to die to self. How do we find those moments? Where are those moments, uh, Dan? Uh, you know, a uh, lot to unpack there, Adam. Wow. Um, first, if you are listening, you have, you know, family, loved ones uh, in the military service. Thank you. Praise God. We're we're praying for them. Um, and Adam, I don't I don't think how you felt at eighteen was very different than millions of people felt. Didn't matter their age. Felt the same way. Um, but the reality was that wasn't your vocation. Right? You, have a, you have another vocation, a vocation as husband and, and father, right? That is your first vocation. So if you're looking for ways to lay down your life, right, to offer it up, what's your vocation? Look inside your vocation. And so, you know, Adam, maybe for you, it's when you've told the kids 10 times to have their backpacks lined up by 6.30 a.m. And you've done that in the last two minutes and they're still not there your laying down is to find that peace to stay calm, right? And that and that's a major sacrifice. I think, you know, you mentioned we often think of these big things. And, and often when we're called to the big things, we rise up, right? We pull in the Lord, we pull in our friends, and we rise up. But it's the daily things, the little things. And, and, and for me, you know, and I think for a, a lot of folks who are living the sacrament of matrimony every day, that is your opportunity to, to offer it up, to, to give it up, to serve in that way. And, and although I've struggled, Tim, multiple times to, to finish um, a story of a soul, it's the, the, you know, the, the prose isn't my thing, but I love the message, right? The message is I'm doing little things for Christ and I can take the elevator right past all the folks doing those big things. And there are opportunities every day inside our vocation to do that. Um, and I, I, quite honestly, I think that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, and you know what? I, 
I've I've realized I mentioned earlier uh, at the end of the day, looking back, things you're grateful for. But I think for most of us, if we take a really honest look at our day, we'll see. Oh, you know, I struggle with you know, gossiping, or I struggle with being impatient. A religious sister once told me, oh, yeah, I got to confess if you're impatient in your, in your mind. And I thought, well, I'm going to confess that every single time forever now, because that's a real struggle. And, you know, maybe you have trouble with custody of the eyes, whatever it is that you struggle with, like, these are these things that happen. And they're not something that's, oh, this takes an hour. This is a big vocational commitment. I, I, you're, I agree completely with you, Dan, but also... In addition to that, it's those little, little things like you're talking about that we do these things and they happen in a second and then they're gone. And so we need to, you know, we need to be aware of those things. You know, Tim, when I when I think about this, sometimes we think about the again, who are the who are the VIPs? Who are the all stars uh, of our Catholic tradition? You know, we go to the saints, St. Therese, the little flower, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Um, they're, they're, we could probably spend the rest of the show naming saints that are all-stars at laying down their lives. St. Maximilian Kolbe, uh, who were, one we're going to talk about later, Father Emil Capon. Um, but it's important to remember that it's not just the all-stars that have given us these lessons. I mean, it's our families. It's our parents. I think I often say on the show, about talk about the impact that my grandmother had on me. And I only knew my one grandmother. Of all four of my grandparents, three died before I was born. And it was my mom's mom that taught me so many lessons. And, you know, I often talk about her teaching me the rosary and giving me that love. But another life lesson she taught me was, Adam, as long as the dishes in the sink are done and the beds are made, your house is clean enough for someone to come over and visit. And I struggle with that because we've got five kids and I'm like, we can't have people over to our house ever. You know, maybe in 10 years we'll be able to have people over to our house. But those are the lessons I learned from my grandmother. Now, you've got some experience with this too because your kids have grown up not knowing your dad. Uh, he passed away before they were born, but I know he had a big impact on who you are. So he's having a big impact on who they are. How do you teach them those lessons that he taught you? Well, and I was thinking about that the other day, that I, my kids are little. My oldest kid at this point is still five, so it, it can be difficult. I can tell them stories, and I do tell them stories. Oh, here's what, what Papa Tim used to do and say and something I did with him. But also at such a young age, they have trouble comprehending that. And I realized that the best way I can show them you know, that love, I can show them what I received from my dad, who's no longer with us. I, I live it out and I live out what he taught me and I live out what he sacrificed for me so that they can witness that even though they didn't see it from him. And, and Christ says that's not optional, right? Whenever we read in scripture, the word command, we need to perk up. And in the scripture that you referenced from John, Adam, this is a commandment from Christ. This isn't optional. This is a commandment. And the great thing is, uh, hopefully you gentlemen agree with me, that when you do it, you feel amazing. When you do it well, and, and, and you know you've done it well, uh, and you've done it for Christ, everything about your day is better. Yeah, I think um, living, living by example, uh, especially when, you, when Christ has asked you to do it, is... Uh, it's very powerful, but the one thing that uh, I've been trying to instill in my kids is, you know, we've we've got a we've got a mission to get to heaven, and 
there, there's a lot of, a lot of really good days. And then there's days when, you know, it's just things are just a mess, right? We're having a rough day around the house for whatever reason, but it's always coming back to knowing that there's another place and, and living, living by example for our kids to know that this earth is temporary. It, you, and, and kids understand that if you start talking to them about heaven, it's a lot easier for a child to conceive heaven in their heads than it is for us adults. Once we've been hit through the rages of the world and, and gone through all of our own ups and downs, we seem to get jaded, right? And if we don't stay really close to Christ and help him keep us humble and letting the children see through Paris life in particular is how we've done it is there's another place. There's a community there's, there are other people that need our help, not just our family. And how do we serve them? How do we, how do we get out of our own family and do something together that's up outside of us? We're helping other people, but at the same time, that also brings us together internally. I think a great way to do that is start spiritual traditions in your family, spiritual traditions that can be passed down. So, you know, we're coming up on summer, right? We're all excited about our road trips. My family in the, you know, extended length, you know, Dodge van never pulled out of the driveway without praying for a road trip ever. Right. And so that's something that we continued. So um, if there's a tradition, a spiritual tradition from your childhood that maybe your parents or your grandparents gave you that you haven't passed on for whatever reason, maybe you just kind of forgot about it, pull it in to the spiritual life of your family and and just watch the grace that comes from that. And I, I I had a friend not too long ago talk to me about, oh yeah, you know, my my parents didn't do this and didn't do that, and I didn't receive these different things from the past. And I, I just told her simply, luckily her kids are so little, I said, start it today, they'll never remember a time that wasn't a part of their life. So even if you don't have that from the past, there is an opportunity to just make that pivot right now and to be the saint that makes that change for the future. As I was driving to the studio today, um, I was sitting at a stoplight and as has been happening more and more recently in the city of St. Louis, I'm on a, a two lane, one North, one South, and then center turn lane road at an intersection where you're not allowed to turn left. And from two cars behind me, this car comes zipping out, gets in the, the center turn lane, which you're not allowed to use at this intersection, and then runs the red light because that person apparently had somewhere to be and didn't have time to wait for the light to turn green. And it was I, at first I started feeling really self-righteous, like, oh, if I would have seen that, I would have pulled my car over into that turn lane and I would have blocked them and probably either gotten in an accident or they would have just <laughs> gone around me even more and, and I wouldn't have done anything except looked foolish. But, you know... Dan, you, you, you talked about the importance of the word command. And so, listeners, I, I, I want to ask you this question for a moment. We go to this Gospel of John, and Jesus is talking to you, and he's talking to me. He's talking to all of, all of us, and he says, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. If you remain in me, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done. But he says earlier, anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch 
and wither. And I was at Daily Mass a few weeks ago, and, and they were talking about that. You may have heard it here on our airwaves. It was last week, Wednesday, Father Mitch's homily um, for Daily Mass. He was talking about when you cut the branch from the vine, it, it gets no nourishment. It gets no nutrients. It has no choice but to wither and die and to turn to dust. And the question for you today is, do you want to be the branch that gets cut off and withers to dust, or do you want to be with our Lord? Um, this is such an urgent question. He, he goes on to say, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And Ben was talking about the ravages of the world, friends. So the question for you is, do you want the joy? If you want the joy, if you want to remain in Christ, where are those? You know, we could share all sorts of opportunities with you about where we are going to lay down our lives today or where we think you could lay down your life today. But ultimately, the person who knows the most about this is you. So you need to look at your day. You need to look at your vocation and ask yourself, how can I do it? And then more importantly, ask God for the grace to do it. It's uh, you know, last day of school homework for you here, but it's essential homework to do to do every day. We're going to take a break here. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's our Roadmap Roundup Friday. We'll be back after this. Our catechiz question for you this morning is about the path to sainthood. So step number one, we die. And we're going to go back to Ben Grijalva for a thought on that here in a few moments. But um, first we have to die. We're all going to die. And everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, as the old blues song says. Um, And then in the process of canonization, now we're talking about canonized saints. There are so many great saints who we don't even know they're saints, but they are because they're in heaven. They just haven't been canonized, but that's okay. I will take non-canonized saint. Saint is the goal. Um, But if you are canonized a saint, there are four titles that you will have along the way, including saint. What are those four titles and bonus points if you can put them in order? I see Tim, your brain is working hard over there. Dan's brain is there's smoke coming out of your ears there, Dan. (laughs) So I'm getting a little worried. I've got three of them, but. The, the the first one all right I, it's it's not on there right. Tim, i thought Tim, i had a cheat sheet here <laughs> yeah. you, said, you said there's four there's four including saint including okay. saint including saint servant of god venerable blessed saint oh tim lucasey oh, gets wow. the prize there servant of god is the one i was missing yeah no no tim lucasey gets the prize not only did you get all four you got them in order so there you have it friends uh Ben, you, you, I want to go on to our next topic here, but I want to backtrack because you said something during the break that is so very important. We were talking about Jesus saying that I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in my love, um, then you'll remain with me. But anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire and they will be burned. So you, yes. but you had a thought about branches. Yeah, well— and, and for everyone out there, so I, somewhere out there right now, there is someone who heard that and is probably thinking, boy, I really did a good job and I cut myself off from that vine. I did it to myself. How do I get back? So think of that. We, we cut off a branch. Someone can take that branch and plant it in a new place. It's like a hosta in your front yard. Your neighbor needs a hosta because they just moved in. You cut your hosta in half and you give it to them. They plant it. Our spiritual life is so much like that. If, if you feel that you've cut yourself off from your faith, get, get, you can get back. 
there we have t- people everywhere you've got a whole you've got a community in your local parish go talk to your priest go talk to a counselor you can take that branch before it withers and dies and replant it your spirituality is like that branch and and god is there infinitely beyond measure for us to keep coming back to him yeah. christ is present because of that very reason and and you you said it so importantly as long as there's still life in the branch it can be replanted it can be grafted back into the vine but once it dies there are no more chances at up, that point up they're, until they're, the second yeah. that we die we have that opportunity to find our way back into the grace of god yeah, exactly i learned a lesson about that recently but i'm not ready to share it with you on air today so we're going to move on to our next topic uh we talked about our my favorite saint saint philip neri but one of our other favorites my other favorites is servant of god father emil capon um you know 71 years ago on May 23rd, he died in a prisoner of war camp in Korea. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Father Emil Capon, um, he was a chaplain in the Korean War in the Army. His regiment was surrounded. He had the opportunity to escape, but as he was known to do, he said, no, I'm staying with the men. My place is here. So rather than secure his own safety, he stayed at great risk and was captured and put into a prisoner of war camp where, um, you know, it was a very bleak situation. It it was not the Hilton, shall we say. Um, Men would often die of illness. The the saying was, if, if a man let himself get lice, then you knew he had given up because once you had lice, you were going to get infected with disease in these camps. And you probably had about three to five days before you died. Um, And so Father Emil was known to go around to the huts and actually pick the lice off of people and help give them hope. And there are many who testified after their return, their safe return, that they wouldn't have made it if it wouldn't have been for the ministry of Father Emil Capon, who sadly caught pneumonia and got a blood clot in his leg and was taken by his captors to the quote-unquote hospital, which all of the soldiers knew was a place that they were just going to let him starve to death. It wasn't a hospital. It wasn't a place for treatment. But even in that, along the way, Father, you know, they asked to carry him there, that if he was going to be sent there, that the soldiers asked to carry them him there. And they said when they came back, those that made it back, that even along the way, he made them stop so that he could ask each of his captors, each and every soldier in that camp that had captured them, for forgiveness. Not for them to ask for forgiveness, but for Father Emil, the captor, or the captured, to ask for forgiveness. What a guy. Um, And we're certainly called to emulate this. But something he has in common with Philip is that he was joyful in all of this. And I often say, friends, you know I got troubles, but it's important to maintain that joy. So really quick, how do you maintain joy? And how can our listeners maintain joy in the midst of trial? Dan Vonderhaar. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. When you have this spiritual thought, something that you want to do, maybe you want to send an email you know, to people in your church or friends or, or your Bible study group, and you have that inspiration. Maybe there's even a little whimsy in that inspiration just do it send the email and when i do this in my own life there's always that kind of moment of trepidation right before i hit send you know when i think oh shoot what are people gonna think about this message and it goes away when all those messages those replies start coming back saying love that thought man that was good thanks for sharing that so 
my my advice to everybody listening, if you have this inspiration and you know it comes from the Holy Spirit, be whimsical in your spiritual life, right? And have fun with it. Tim, you're in the, the, the daily grind of life with toddlers. I mean, you've got a, an infant at home and then two toddlers. And I remember those days, and it was a struggle to keep joyful because, you know, you probably have more opportunities to lay your life down than than any of us uh, with each and every diaper change. Oh, sure. Um, but how, how do you maintain joy in the midst of that? Uh, Noise-canceling headphones um, for the most part. Um, that was a very no. whimsical answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, and, and I, I actually I say that jokingly, but also in all seriousness, because in the midst of the the chaos of the day, I'll keep one headphone on one ear, and then I'll leave the other one in case the, the kids need whatever. But I will listen to Catholic audiobooks. I will listen to Catholic podcasts. I will listen to whatever else, because over the many years, I have discovered, as many have, that. There's just so much that we can be, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm surprised by that. You know, I, I think about the time when I found out about how Second Samuel really brings out Luke's story of the visitation and, oh, Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. And I'm sitting there going, I thought it was a biblical baby shower. I didn't know it was that interesting. But then I find this depth to it and I get this, whoa, there's something there. So just the constant rediscovering of you know, of something even more. And the more I know, the more I'm like, I, this God who loves me so much, I, I want that. I want more. I want to know more, whatever it costs me. And often that is many overnight diaper changes. Yeah. See, aren't you glad you can tell Alexa to turn on Covenant Network for you <laughs> and hear this? You don't even have to Absolutely. work hard to find us on the radio dial anymore. Not How about Alexa, change the diaper? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> ben, what about you? How, you know, you, you're the you're the veteran on the panel here, so we're going to turn to your wisdom. Um, how do you maintain joy in the midst of the trials of life? I think I got a lot of it um, from my mom. My mom always has a, a sense of joy. Now, it's not like she like we don't have our ups and downs, but um, you know, my 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 conversion in my young adulthood really helped me in all that humility, realize how much I'm loved, right? No matter, no matter how crazy my life got, God was, was always there watching over me. Uh, and through all the ups and downs, the one thing I, I keep, I know God loves me and, and, and I've worked, I've worked hard. I have to put in the time, right? I've worked hard to, to, to learn about him and, and he's worked extra hard, obviously with all his sacrifices to know who, how, how to show me, Hey Ben, I love you. And it's going to be okay. And you've got a, a, another place to get to, and and share share my joy with others who need me. You know the the comments you you guys are making just remind me that God plants these desires in us for a reason, and He wants us to follow them, right? And so that that following that desire leads to spiritual growth. So when you pick up something, Tim, you know you know Samuel. And, and, and you, you learn something new, that's going to lead you to something else. So when you have those uh, desires to learn about something, man, God planted that there for a reason. Embrace it. Follow it. Pick up a book. Listen to a podcast. And that's going to lead to something else. And, and you will grow in the spiritual life. And I would just encourage you, listeners, don't stop there. Then share it. Because that's part of what Christ has called us to as well. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, 
I often say we don't, you know, how often do we go to a restaurant and we have something amazing and we text all of our friends, like, you wouldn't believe, or we put a picture on exactly. social yeah. media, like, yeah. I'm eating this amazing food, and yet we've got the, the greatest treasure that we could ever ask for in our faith, and we don't put that out there? You know, no, we, we have to put that out there. All right, we want to, you know, those of you saying, are we there yet? We're almost there. We're almost out of time, so I do want to get to this last question here because it's an important one for families and i'm not just talking about families you know if you have small kids this is you if you're a grandparent of small children this is you if you have no small children and you're in that phase of life that season of life that all the kids are grown and and you're all adults this is also you um memorial day first and foremost we remember those who have given their life in service of our country but a secondary aspect of memorial day is it is the unofficial kickoff of summer even though summer doesn't start until june 20th uh, this is the unofficial start of summer and summer vacation and what can we do whether it's with our children nieces nephews grandchildren or just ourselves to keep our faith alive this summer who wants to jump in here well i'm i'm that dad who always seems to know something it you know not necessarily helpful but i often seem to know something and an approach i've taken with my kids and i've noticed this especially in the last few days is i try and find a way to highlight the faith-based aspect of everything we're talking about you know john 15 5 earlier with the vine and the branches last summer we grew cucumbers and i'm sitting there explaining i am the vine you are the branches to my four-year-old with vines and branches right in front of me or we looked up at the moon the other night as it was getting later in the evening and i said hey see how that glows yeah bishop fulton sheen explained how mary is like the moon reflecting the glow of the sun that is jesus the sun and just to take these little things that it's like oh yeah that's the moon look at that it's pretty but then to find a way to say hey there's something there there's something that we can tie in there even if for me, it was telling the kids, hey, let's learn the names of the planets. And Jupiter was named after someone. People didn't realize Jesus was the Lord. And they thought this guy, Jupiter, who's not real. And they're like, oh, okay. And that's, that sticks with them and helps them then ah, learn something. That's brilliant. I can't wait to hear what you do with the cucumbers and the pickles. I want to <laughs> hear that story come I, full I just, You know what I yeah. just kept thinking was, Daddy, am I a cucumber? You know? <laughs> yeah, we got oh, the, wow. That's awesome. I, I would, I'd say that uh, you can make anything this summer into a pilgrimage. You can make anything you're doing this summer into a pilgrimage. You're, you're road tripping. You drive by a beautiful church. You're curious. So you stop and see what happens. Um, you map out your trip and you realize that just slightly off the beaten path is a somewhat you know, unknown shrine. Go there. Right, you can make anything a pilgrimage. Speaking of which, um, I'm on a kick about this because I was just there. If you are going to the Gulf Coast and you are driving anywhere near Birmingham, Alabama, take the hour out of your way to go to the shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama. It is worth it. The prayer that you will pray there could be the most peaceful prayer of your life. When I went down there, I had someone tell me, Adam, if you don't rent a car and drive up there, you're a fool. And I said, nah, it's, it's probably not that foolish. So I, but I did rent a car. If I wouldn't have rented a car and gone up there, I would have been a fool. 
So I'm just I'm throwing that out there if you're driving to the Gulf Coast. All right, Ben Grahalver, really quick, what's one thing we can do to help with our faith formation this summer? Well, what we do on every vacation, and we do a lot of camping, is that we find the local parish to go to Mass at Sunday mornings, and, and there's a lot of joy in that, but also um, there are tons of shrines. We make it a point to make a pilgrimage, uh, and I'm trying to think of the one place that's the only uh, apparition uh, of Our Lady. Oh, up yeah. In, um, what's Our Lady of Help? I mean, we did that a couple of summers ago. We drove up there to go camping, and then we drove the extra hour to go visit, and it was it was amazing. So that's, that's a great way to keep Christ in everything that he is uh, exactly. in the family. Beautiful. Well, we are running out of time quickly, so we're going to get you one last check of the weather and our daily dose of encouragement. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. This has been a fantastic week of encouragements as we talk about ways to spread mercy on the daily dose of encouragement. Here with one final look at a way to spread mercy is Patty Schneier. Well, this final day of the week in which we've been talking about spreading God's mercy, we got to go to the corporal works of mercy. We memorized the spiritual works of mercy on Monday, and they were to admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, comfort the sorrowful, bear wrongs patiently, forgive all injuries, and pray for the living and the dead. So if you memorize that list, now we got a new list for you, but these are the corporal works of mercy. This is love in action. And remember, as we talked about yesterday, Mercy is love's second name. So the corporal works of mercy are ways to put mercy in action, love in action. And this is something that we should make our daily goal. First of all, before I get to them, I once heard a great homily. It was actually at a funeral of a woman who was a lifelong mother. She was a mother. That was her vocation and and a stay-at-home mom her entire life. And the priest said what she did were all the corporal works of mercy every single day just by being a mother and raising her family in love. And I thought that was so beautiful. So what I want to say about the corporal works of mercy is we don't actually have to go too far to perform corporal works of mercy. You may think so when you hear the list, but you don't. Here's the list. Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless. Now, all of those have to do with the body, what we need to do to take care of others' physical needs. Feed, drink, clothe, and shelter. But again, a parent does that for his or her children. Feed, drink, clothe, and shelter. Those are the first four. Then the next two are visiting. Visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, and finally, bury the dead. Think about that. Visiting the sick, we can do that. Our neighbors, friends that are in the hospital, parishioners, visit the imprisoned. You may not actually physically go to a prison, but we have people who are homebound. They are imprisoned in their home, imprisoned in a wheelchair. Visit them and then bury the dead. That's making the effort to go to funerals. So often I sing funerals. Our churches are half empty. People are not taking the time and showing the love and the reverence to bury the dead, to go to the funeral, to go to the gravesite. It's a corporal work of mercy to be there for those who are grieving. So let me go back. Feed, drink, clothe, and shelter. You do that within your own family when you invite people over and have a feed them. You cook food for them. You give away clothes to your neighbors and friends and, and to the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Visiting the sick and the imprisoned and then burying the dead. Those are the corporal works of mercy. We can do those right in our own parish, within our own families, within our own neighborhoods. And these are action steps to put mercy in action. So memorize them and then go out and do one today. 
that last part there is so important. Don't just memorize, but go out and do them. And Patty, these have been wonderful encouragements for us to put love into action, or as you've reminded us, mercy into action. Friends, if you've enjoyed these Daily Doses of Encouragement, don't forget you can find them all on the Daily Dose of Encouragement podcast by Covenant Network, wherever you get your podcast, or at ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-catholicradio.org under the Programs tab. And be sure to share them with a friend. The fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom is what Gabe Jones would say if he's here, and he's not kidding because we're almost out of time. We want to close the show today, uh, hopefully before the music starts, but it might start. It starts when it starts uh, with this prayer for the beatification and canonization of Father Emil Capon. So we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, in the midst of the folly of war, your servant, Chaplain Emil Capon, spent himself, himself in total service to you on the battlefields and in the prison camps of Korea until his death at the hands of his captors. We now ask you, Lord Jesus, if it be your will to make known to all the world the holiness of Chaplain Capon and the glory of his complete sacrifice for you by signs of miracles and peace. For you are the source of peace the strength, the strength of our, of our service, service to others, others and, and our, our final hope. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We're not going to be with you Monday morning because we will be observing the Memorial Day holiday, but on Wednesday we're going to have Father Timothy Gallagher and Archbishop Brzezanski helping us get ready for Pentecost. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Ben Grijalva. I'm Tim Lucchese. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. Pray your rosary today.